0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 208, turning $82,000 into 20 million with Chris Thurman. I'm going to start this episode with a quote by Cynthia Ocelli, and I hope I said that right. Cynthia Ocelli, great Italian name, I think, Uh, but the, the quote is, for a seed to achieve its greatest expression, it must completely become undone. The shell cracks, its insides come out, and everything changes. To someone who doesn't understand growth, this process would look like complete destruction. I want that to sink in for a moment. Think about the power of a seed to transform into something so much bigger and greater than the seed could be all on its own. But the strange truth, the mystery of life is that it has to undo itself for that multiplication to take place. I want you to think about that also now in the way of finance because our money and our life, our literal life, has a lot to do with that quote. And specifically, I'm talking about a story that our guest is gonna share together with you today, and it's gonna absolutely blow your mind. So I can't wait to have you hear this story of a real life client of his that went through this process uh, of that shell cracking open, that seed breaking apart. And for what looked like complete destruction will bring lasting change and multiplication. So with that little teaser in mind, I want you to think through this story. As I introduce my guest, his name is Chris Thurman. Chris is the co-owner of Thompson and Thurman in Amarillo, Texas. He is one of only 200 Bank on Yourself professionals in the United States and Canada. He takes a comprehensive view of each client's financial situation and is passionate about guiding his clients towards success. Chris uses the Bank on Yourself process just like we do at our firm, uh, to enable his clients to have a rock-solid financial plan and a predictable retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork required. Chris helps his clients become their own source of financing to get back what they pay for major purchases so they can have a richer lifestyle in retirement that is not directly dependent on the ups and downs of the stock and real estate markets. Now, Chris is married to his wife, Holly, and they have three children, Austin, Claire, and Spencer chris enjoys spending time with his kids sporting events spending time with the family in the mountains fishing and riding atvs now i will say chris is one of the kindest guys i know he's one of the smartest guys i know i'm so proud to be a colleague of his and honestly he helped train me in the bank on yourself concept all those years ago so you guys are going to get a ton of wisdom from chris who's seen it from start to finish take it away chris Chris, welcome to the show. Hello, Mark. How are you? (laughs) Hey, great, man. Hey, I want you to, I've kind of shared a bit about your bio, but would you mind just kind of giving our audience a bit about your background, how you got to where you are today?
2: Well, we've we've been doing the Banking Yourself concept for approximately 16 years now. Uh, We kind of started up an agency about 15 years ago or so, and Grant Thompson and I are in Amarillo, Texas, and then... Focusing on the Banking yourself concept for fifteen plus years now and loving it. It's probably ninety percent of what we do and live and breathe, and what we personally do in our finances as well. So, it's been great.
0: That's been about fifteen <laughs> years, which uh, makes you guys grandfathers in this uh, revolution. In fact, I met you and Grant when I was first coming across this, you know, crazy idea of bank on yourself. Um, do you have this is kind of a selfish question, but do you have any memory of my absolute stubbornness with Dave Ramsey and <laughs> anything else? Do you remember anything from those days?
2: <laughs> uh, yes, I do remember those days. <laughs> Mark came through us as a client, wanting to learn and understand this and save his college professor from these bank and yourself guys that are going to teach you all about the bad whole life stuff. Yeah. And Mark was going to save him from that and say, you don't need to be doing all that. <laughs> you need to be buying term and best difference and all those other things that Ramsey says. But, um, so Mark called into our office and started learning and digging into it. And we spent a year or so with him starting as a client, but he really wanted to pour into it and learn every little detail about it. And so, and now he's the rock star in the world and doing Amazing things. I'm
0: um, I'm still in your shadow forever, guys. You guys are awesome Whatever. and and blowing, <laughs> blowing it up as the supernova team down there in Amarillo. But I've heard you say that before. That love has to be a central component to mm-hmm. uh, using life insurance as a financial strategy in a family. Before we get into what everything you have to share, uh, because you have a very crucial story, guys, and I don't want to bury the lead here. Um, but why is love such an important financial element, right? Why is why is love essential for our financial plan and using life insurance specifically?
2: Well, I, th- I think life insurance says that you love somebody else more than you. You want them taken care of. Hmm. It's not necessarily just about you, but you want your family taken care of when something happens to you. It will happen. And I want to know that my family's taken care of and I'm at they're going to be okay when I'm going. It's important to me. And some people it's not, but uh, to do this, you know, they, it's an amazing you know, design and how we do these policies, but the life insurance aspect of it is huge for me and yeah. my
0: family. Uh, I think Grant, your business partner, Grant Thompson says, uh, the only other way you can get that wealthy after you die is if you're a famous artist something mm-hmm. like that. So uh, yeah, it's a great way to leave a legacy for your family. And that's a great segue. So Chris, this interview today was really as a response to a story you told uh, several hundred bank on yourself professionals recently at a conference we we attended. Would you be willing to share that story with sure. me and our, our audience? I actually have not heard this story yet. So I'm yep. going to be reacting oh, in real to. time. But yeah. uh, would you mind sharing that story with us?
2: Nope, I'd love to. Basically, when we implement policies is that we need to stop focusing short term. We need to think big picture out there. We need to think long term. We need to think about the next generation that we will impact and that the impacts that we can have on our families. Nelson Nash was one of the creators of our concept and helped us with this a lot. And he was in forestry why did he plant trees out there or why do we still plant trees out there? We don't plant trees for, Hey, it's going to look neat in a year or two or 3 they There'll be awesome a hundred years from now and we can pull off of those. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just wanted to kind of tell a story about a family that in a man that I think had a huge impact on his family. Um, He came through our process and started learning about this and implemented a lot of these plans for him and his wife. Um, We started out on a couple of single-pay policies for him, some mech and non-MEC policies, but he also had three girls, and he wanted his family to be doing this. And so he kind of turned them over to us and entrusted them with us so that we could kind of start teaching them, starting that legacy there. Um, We kind of went through and started talking with all of the girls uh, and he wanted to start policies for his girls in the amount of about twenty five thousand dollars a year.
0: Uh, and I want to just step in really quick as you guys are listening to Chris give these numbers, um, whether it's twenty five thousand dollars a year per child, or two thousand five hundred per year per child, or more than twenty five grand a year. In other words, pay less attention to these specific numbers and more to the concept, right, Chris?
2: Yeah, drop, drop. You can do it with whatever dollar amount you wanted. Um, but this family, they had a 37 year old male and a 33 year old female with their daughter. They didn't have any kids at this point. And um, the husband, as I kind of started preaching through this and talking through it, um, wanted to ensure his wife, you know, kind of got to thinking, well, she's younger, she's female, it'll look better on her, blah, blah. Um, he was kind of focused on the cash side of things, but I wanted to kind of get back and say, you know, we also have to look at the death benefit side of it. I want to insure him for a benefit of her. Uh, So kind of think about that when you're starting your plans is who do we want to insure um, and who do we want to get the benefit off of it? Obviously both of you will get the benefit cash wise, but who gets the death benefit. Um, But a few years later, after we implemented their plans, I got a call from dad that helped start some of these and said, hey, he's in the hospital. We may need some cash.
0: He knew this was where a spot that we had some cash. His his son-in-law was in the hospital? His son-in-law was in the hospital. The one one that maybe wanted to put most of the uh, policy on his wife? That's right. Okay, got it. He
2: ultimately started on him, finally got him to be the insured on it. But a few years later, he had something happen. And ended up being in the hospital. He was on life support. We didn't know how long he was going to be in there. And dad was saying, we may need some cash. My thought was, I had been talking with him a week or two earlier. His premiums were due. I got to tell dad how these PUA riders work. And he understood how the PUA riders work. I said, he can put all these dollars in this policy right now. And you know the benefit of what this does. So he sent a check in, overnight a check. We've got checks sent in and paid. Three days later, he passed.
0: The The son-in-law passed away three days the after The son-in-law passed wow. away. Wow, wow.
2: That's right. He had his wife left at home and a two-month-old son. We had $1.38 million income tax-free paid out to wife and two-month-old son at that point. Dad had only contributed about $82,000 to that policy.
0: Hmm. Wow. paid
2: out $1.38, $1.4 million roughly income tax free. So what did this do for their family? What would you? What would, did they do with it? What would you do <laughs> if you had just received $1.4 million off of 82000 I think I'd do it again. Turn it around and do it again.
0: Now, so wait a minute. You Be- of- Be- before you, before you <laughs> move on here, when most people do get that kind of windfall, Chris, I mean, what's your experience? Most people when, because I've, unfortunately, we've had a few clients who have passed away mm-hmm. and then their children or, or their heirs, their beneficiaries receive a lump sum. And what happens? Most of the time, I never hear from them again, unfortunately. You know, they, yeah. they might spend it on the flat screen TV or whatever. Uh, but guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not average. That's the average way to spend an inheritance, flat screen TVs and nice cars. But Chris... You're saying that they did something different.
2: They did something different with it. They wanted, she was going to continue to work and keep going. And before I went up to talk with them about this, you know, the dad, the granddad that started all this told me, you know, she doesn't want to risk her money. She wants to keep it safe. She wants to just keep everything on autopilot and let it and know and not have to worry about it and know that things are going to be there. She doesn't want things complicated. And instead of just spending that money, let's turn it around and do it again. So we took a lot of those dollars and spread some of that money in over 8- to 10-year period and then kind of lowered back down again after that on mama, started another plan on mama. But we also, I want plans for these kids. My kids have these policies. I want to start as soon as we can, as early as we can. So we started policies on that two-month-old baby. And the most we could start for that baby was about $9,000 a year based on what mama has. Um, What did this do and how did that impact their family? Automatically, it bumped up and we've got another $5.5 million of death benefit for that son.
0: For the two-month-old? The
2: two-month-old, that's right. Mama's policy created $5.5 million of death benefit. By the way, she also used that policy, used some of that money to buy a home in Colorado. When everything was going crazy and things were shutting down and and think and houses were being bought left and right real quick, she need cash. We need the ability to go make an offer and buy that house real quick. So she used the policies for that as well. But let's kind of look a little deeper down and say, okay, at age sixty five, she had about four and a half million dollars of cash value in this policy with a permanent death benefit at that point of over nine million dollars.
0: And Chris were selling. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but can you tell us again the amount she was paying into this policy? Was it? Did I see it? Uh, what was the annual premium for her policy? One
2: hundred thirty-five thousand dollars a year for ten years, and then we lowered down to about ten thousand a year after that.
0: Got it. Thank you. And, and so that that had at age sixty-five gave her four point four million dollars of cash value. And I don't know how sh- how old she was when she started, but you know, a few years later, she's going to have this four point four million. And uh, a death benefit of 9.1 million. Wow, that's right. amazing.
2: And at, at her age 90, when her son's only 53 years old, what do we have? We've got about a little over $20 million of income tax free death benefit for that son and grandson. Remember, the granddad started all this stuff. So this is one, two, three generations now $20 million income tax free death benefit for a grandson when he's 53 years old.
0: And the funding was $82,000 out of pocket, right? For, from grandpa right. or whatever. That's incredible. That's right. So and that's so. show me anything on Wall Street that can do something like that. Exactly. Yeah. All income tax-free.
2: It's huge. So that was BOMA's policy. What did the grandson's policy look like? We just started with $9,000 a year for this two-month-old baby boy. We did that for about 11 years. And then we cut those premiums in half. So we kind of started off with about a million-dollar death benefit for this baby boy. For his family, we hope that death benefit keeps increasing and we don't ever pay it out until he's 90 years old. Uh, But at his age 50, he has over $1.5 million of tax-favored cash and a $4.5 million permanent death benefit for his family. Now we're into the great-grandkids' time. Now we're into fourth generation. Remember who started all this? Yeah. Granddad started this a long time ago. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) At age 70, that little boy has over $5 million of cash value in his policy with an $8.3 million death benefit for his family. Now we're in the great grands again, fourth generation at his age 90. He has almost sixteen million dollars of income tax-free death benefit for his family.
0: Unbelievable, and and so this was being funded at nine thousand dollars a year, coming from some of the proceeds from his father, who tragically passed away. Some uh, of that one point, what was it? One point three eight million. One point
2: three eight million. Yep.
0: And so that's funding his his son's life insurance policy. And Chris, before we move on, sometimes I'll get pushback on having life insurance on little babies. That's morbid. That's, you know, how can you think that I've never really heard it in such phrase, but that's sort of the, the, um, resistance sometimes that I'll notice Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. within myself. Right. But the unbelievable power of decades of compound growth for something that we hope doesn't happen until that little boy is 90 years old. Can you just talk briefly uh, about why having life insurance on little babies is So crucial.
2: I'm very passionate about it. I love it. When do we want to start compound growth? Do we want to start it when we're 60? Or do we want to start it when we're two months old? (laughs) I want to start this plan and start that compound growth for my kids and my family when they're young. (laughs) I had a guy call in just earlier this afternoon and said, all my kids are getting started now because I don't want them starting like their dad did when he was 50. <laughs> so we've got to start those plans as soon as we can. But also I want them protecting their insurability when they're young. I want my kids having this for their family. Uh, my oldest boy became uninsurable when he was the weekend of hospital graduation. So he can't have any more of this. If you'd have told me that weekend when he became uninsurable, that I thought he was going to be uninsurable the rest of his life. I would have told you you're great. Forgot I had different plans. Um, So a lot of it is protecting their insurability for them and their families, which is who? My grandkids, my family. (laughs) Yeah. But it's compound growth, starting it quick, starting it soon, and teaching them about money. I just gave my daughter her policy that I started for her when she was nine years old. She just graduated from college a couple of months ago, and I gave her her plan and said, here you go. Start your life. Um, She has a big pile of cash in that policy now to start her life and a huge death benefit on top of her family that she didn't have to start. I started it for her a long time ago, but now I'm teaching her about it and teaching her about how money works. And now she's going to start pushing the money into that plan and
0: starting saving. I'm so glad you, you shared that because it is, it's, it's about helping your children and your grandchildren with the furthering of this principle and, and not just preparing the money for the people. You prepared your daughter for the money. Yeah. You you're training yeah. her for to receive this. Now, okay. you know I'll let you take the reins here for this, um, but I just am, I'm struck by this. So this two month old, you know, gets a policy. He doesn't even he's not even aware of it, but uh, you know, let's say he fast forward now to when he's 21 years old, mm-hmm. and you've been putting in nine this, this uh, funding from this from his passed away father has been funding this policy at nine grand a year. You know you think about it when you're 21 years old and you have some money to save somewhere let's say that that could go into a savings account and you could earn zero interest at the savings bank down the street you could put some money over into your life insurance policy over here you just got it from from mom you know the the widowed mom or mm-hmm. you can put it into a 401k you know there's only a few places this 20 year old mm-hmm. son could put his money well what's going on in his policy let's look i bet i don't see the numbers in front of me but just seeing enough of these policies now chris i would suspect at about year 20, you know, the the cash value is growing by about 18 to 20 to $22,000 a year on its own. <laughs> you know, so where are you going to put money where it's doing that kind of return in your first year for that kid, you know? And, I, and that's what I talk a
2: lot about. I hand that over to them, like to Claire. I said, okay, here's your plan. You're going to keep this up now. You keep putting this X amount in here, and it's you're getting back twice what you're putting in it amazing every year and yeah. there's nothing you can do about it and the government's <laughs> not in the middle of and it. it's all income tax free where can she go start a plan like that um so it's huge to get started early and start quick so
0: um, sorry to get us off track there but that's so huge so and I thank you great. for helping us with that chris go for it
2: i think it's great okay let's kind of take it a little bit deeper and go a little bit further with those monies you know remember we don't want to talk just short term i want to keep Talk long-term, bigger picture, 100 years out. Let's say mama passes at 90, and that's really only about 60 years away. Uh, $20 million income tax-free comes into that son that's only 53 years old. That's a nice little retirement plan. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He's only 53 at that point. Let's be nice. And, you know, remember a while ago, we took all this and we started more plans with it. But let's just say, okay... Son, you can keep $10 million of this and go start some real estate with it, start a business, do whatever you want with it. We'll take the other $10 million and we'll start another plan with it at that point. What does that look like? And a lot of this is, you know, teaching your kids, just like we talked about just a while ago, too, is teaching your kids, training your kids in the way that you want them taught. The Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Kennedys, all those guys don't just build up wealth to transfer it to the government they build up wealth to keep it in the family and they train their family and teach their family. How are we going to keep it in the family? Um, A Bible verse kind of kept hitting my head when I was going through this and working through this and it was train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. Um, So that's one thing we like to teach. Um, So at his age, 90, just with the $10 million that he got, we let him keep that other $10 million to go build up other real estate or whatever he wants to do with it. The death benefit on that alone was $50 million for his family.
0: And I don't mean to cut to the chase here, but that's, yeah, uh, so that that's not the only policy, right? There was that original um, when he was a baby policy too, right? What's that one grown to?
2: That's right. Now we're going to say, okay, plus he has this policy that he started at zero. That one has a $16 million death benefit. Plus, he remember, he kept out $10 million at age 53. He kept that out for whatever, real estate, whatever. And he was able to create another $25 million off of that. Wow. So what did this do for that legacy? That little $82,000 seed that granddad started quite a few years ago, early on and said, I want to impact my family this way, created a $91 million tax-favored legacy for this family. And it was only, we're only talking fourth-generation money here. Remember, we want to talk long-term, bigger picture. What did that do for fifth and sixth generation when we can start off again, fifth and sixth generations and beyond? Mm-hmm. That doesn't count the policies that we started for granddad and grandmother. Remember, they had their own policies as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> What did that do to create fourth generation and beyond money? You know, one thing that mom was kind of stressed about was, are we creating too much money here? Are we creating too much wealth um, for my son? Can her son handle that much wealth out there? Well, she was very mission-minded. One thing I mentioned, okay, if we don't want to leave that, you know, if we had, $20 $20 million or $10 million or whatever we want to talk about like that. If you have 10 or $20 million of income tax favored money you can do things with, you can do a lot of good if your mind's right.
0: Missions like charitable causes and ministry uh-huh. and, and, okay, good. Right. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Then it gets fun, you know, it gets fun if your uh, mind's right and you know that you can make impacts on other people's lives. Uh, but I, one thing I wanted to kind of inter- reiterate with some of these people was, you know, these 90-year-old numbers that we look at and talk about with that 90 million million, nine years later, will not happen with term or universal life. It only happens with whole life insurance.
0: Would you just take one minute and explain why? Why is it that it won't happen with term insurance? And also universal, too. How many
2: of the term policies will be in place when you're 90 years old.
0: So term insurance always has, for our audience, if you're not familiar, term insurance has an expiration date on it, right? It's 10 years (laughs) and then it's gone or 20 years and then it's gone. Chris, do you have any information on that? I don't know the answer. Usually
2: about 95 to 98% of term policies don't ever pay a claim. Wow. And a lot of it is because... You know, you'll pay your 10 year premium or your 20 year premium, however long you want. But when you're 60 years old, it just gets too expensive. So people say, forget it. I don't want to pay it anymore. So all those 10 years or 20 years, you know, it was good to have. I don't mind term insurance. I like term insurance. It it has a purpose. But it's not going to have the impact that the whole life will. The whole life is going to be in place when you're 90 years old. And it is going to pay out. Um. So that's why you have to use the whole life insurance policy to make it work,
0: I believe. I'm with you on that, by the way. Yeah, there's there's yep. a there's a reason why it's called whole life. It's for your it's entire there for life. It's for your
2: whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the big impact that I wanted to kind of make with some of our advisors was please start these policies on your children and grandchildren. You know, one of the big things we talk about is when do you want that compound growth to start? I want it, like we talked about a while ago, I want to start when I'm two months old. Not when I'm 60. Compound interest and opportunity cost is huge, and we want to take advantage of it. So, and then another thing is, when do you want to start teaching your kids about money? I started teaching them when they're young, and gradually, always teaching them instead of just leaving them in the dark. Um, and like we talked just a minute ago, too, that you know protects their insurability forever. Your insurability is going to change every day, um, so start it quick. Start it when you can get it. Make a huge
0: impact, Chris. What do you say? How do you tell your children about this this particular, you know, bank on yourself design policy? Do you do you take them out for a camping trip and you you talk about paid up additions for goodness sakes? <laughs> what no. do you do? How do you talk about <laughs> this?
2: <laughs> you know, we always we've got like Kennedy policies now, Holly and I do, and we were always using it. We live by it and breed by it all the time. We're using it to invest in real estate, buy land, build our second homes, do a lot of different things with it. And we were, and our kids are in the middle of that. So we were always teaching them how that works. How did we buy things? How did we use this? When we bought that, that was ours. We owned it. And then we paid ourselves back. And we kind of talk about that and tell them, you know, how many people, how many of those cars and how many things out there in the world do you think people own? they don't they go to the banks and they borrow because they haven't done this mm. and so we're just always teaching them for the you know small short time that we have them under our roof it's just living with them and teaching them and talking with them all the time about it um, and they may not understand everything that we're talking with but we're always kind of talking with them about it you
0: you, you made uh, make a good point you know children believe no matter how weird i am that it's normal Whatever their experience yeah. of family life or you know money, that every other family is going to be the same. That that whatever yeah. their experience is, that's just the normal way. And it's important, I think, one, Chris, that you talked about money in front of your kids because it's as they say, it's more caught than taught. Sure. Uh, you know, but also you also helped them contrast the rest of the world um, because yeah. you're not average in a good way, Chris, you're, you're weird in a good way. And you, you kind of point out, you drive down the street, you're like, Hey, seven out of eight of these cars all around us are probably financed by something other than um, paying cash or even worse, you know, using a debt, you Mm -hmm. know, an auto financing company and Hey kids, we do something a little different and here's what it is. And here's what it helps, you know, your wife and you accomplish and so forth. And Did you do anything to help your children before you gifted this policy to your daughter? Did you like practice this at all? Like, here's some money, pay us back and then we'll give you the policy. Anything like that, Chris, just out of curiosity? Uh,
2: No, we didn't. I, when their annual reports would come in, I brought them home and I showed it to them and here's what you have. Here's what we started for you. If you're, living by the principles that we want you to live by. And we still love you, which we will. <laughs> yeah, We're going to give you this plan at some point. Um That's And great. they always kind of knew that was there and that we could use those policies and give that to them. But we started it for them a long time ago. So when she had her little graduation party, we went down there and said, okay, hey, here you go. What and did she, that feel like
0: when you did that, when you gifted I, to her that policy?
2: You know, it, it makes me feel comfortable knowing she will be okay and she doesn't have to go to the banks and borrow from anybody and go into debt and have a lot of debt out there in the world to start her life um, and you know there's a and anytime i talk with clients i'm always telling them if you've got kids once you understand this and learn this teach your kids start playing three kids but start teaching them about money because a lot of people didn't uh, and then they're 50 years old and 60 years old. And they're trying to figure it out because mm-hmm. they weren't taught. And we're not teaching it in schools and colleges and they're not teaching them a lot about money. And how It works the way that I like to teach it. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Well, it, they're, they're teaching uh, folks the average way, which is to be in debt up to your eyeballs, to get that right. nice credit score, you know, to invest in stick that 401k. K. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Or stick it in the drywall in your house, you know, pay off that house as fast right. as you can. So, okay, so a lot of our listeners might already have some some uh, bank on yourself design policies or maybe they should if they don't. Come on guys, give us a call. Right. But if, if they do and they've got children or other family members that they love, parents maybe, older parents possibly too, who need to know about this, how do you start that conversation in a way that's both respectful of your children or your elder parents, but also a way that shows them how much you care about them understanding some of these strategies. What, what would you say to, to folks who are hesitant or just don't know how to broach the subject of bank on yourself or more broadly finance with family members?
2: Well, you know, a lot of these policies were starting on the kids and grandkids before, you know, I mean, they're five or six or seven years old, you know, so we don't necessarily talk with them, but a lot of grandparents want to do this for their grandkids. And so I'm in the middle of that right now with the client and he's reaching out to his kids and say, okay, you reach out to him, tell him I'll call them. We'll teach them a little bit about it and show them what you're wanting to start for their kids um, and how impactful it'll be for their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just kind of, he'll reach out, share their emails, share their contacts with us and we'll reach out and kind of start teaching them about it.
0: That's great.
2: Those granddads or grandmothers, want their kids learning about that as well so it kind of says hey i'm starting this for our grandkids i want you to be doing this too learn about it uh, so it makes it fun
0: um, i had a, um, a, a a sibling summit the other day with a client and she has mm-hmm. four four siblings and so mm-hmm. they 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 uh, got a hotel room for the weekend they all got together they traveled the country to, la- to land in chicago area and they had a well, sibling well, summit and They all talked about what they're going to do to start a business and pay off one of their siblings has some debt. They're going to help pay that off. They're going to start these policies on every sibling and they're all going to save what they can into their individual policies, but it's all for the purpose of making each other stronger and better. And for the ultimate goal of starting a business together and real estate and beyond, and and they're going to leave the death benefits to to the family trust and talk about, I mean, none of these folks are Rockefellers you know, yeah. but they, but they combined are stronger than they will be alone. That's for sure. And, yeah. you know, the, the American spirit is a great one for being independent and getting out there and, and crushing it and, and making your dream come true. Yeah. But you can be stronger when you have, you have the asset of the family. That is in many cases, that's more valuable as an asset than certainly your 401k is, uh, or, is. Your, or your individual IRA, whatever. So, you know, just guys thinking outside of the box, like the story that Chris shared with that sibling summit idea, you know, just having that conversation with people that you love. And that's why we started this conversation talking about love as a key. Oh, um, part of the rate of return of this whole project was love, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. which is another reason why I love being in this business. You know, there's not exactly, you don't need love to find a mutual fund, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So Chris, yeah. as we wrap up, um, What's the, you know, if you couldn't leave any policies to your children, if you had no money at all to leave anything to your family, whatever, these are big numbers, but if you couldn't leave a dime to your family, but you could leave them some principles or proverbs or a little bit of wisdom, whatever, what would you say? What would you do? What would you leave your family?
2: Man, that's a tough one. You know, I, I I have been blessed with some awesome children and. It wasn't because of me. I don't think it was because of me. <laughs> I, uh, but, and you want to try to pour into them as much as you can and teach them as much as you can. But then all of a sudden they're 20 years old and you're like, oh my goodness, i do that. Right. Uh, but one thing that they have told me over and over again is, you know, just by seeing what you're doing. And like we said earlier, you know, how are you living? What are you doing? How are you operating? And um, them living that again in the future. Um, I think it's huge. Um,
0: Love it. Great answer. Great. Okay. So um, last quick question, you can answer this in one sentence and then also please tell us how we can find you and get to know you and and keep up with what you guys are doing. Um, Finish this sentence because of my bank on yourself policy.
2: I was able to impact my family in a huge way. And live our lives the way we want to live i don't go to banks when we need things holly and i talk about things that we want to do and holly and i make those decisions um which is so comforting to know that we can do that um we're i tell everybody holly's my banker she's mean she makes <laughs> us make mean decisions and pay ourselves back real quick and put it all back in there because she knows we're going to need it again
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ruthless bankers, you know. Our spouses sometimes can be worse than uh, than J.P. Morgan and all of his cronies. Yep, I'm with you on that. Put, Put it back. In a good way. And then uh, how can hat. folks find you? How can folks reach out to you?
2: Our website is thompsontherman.com. Uh, we're on Facebook also thompsontherman.com. You can see us there. And our phone number is 806-352-3480. And my email is chris at thompsontherman.com. Uh, so just a few different ways we're out there in different areas um,
0: so that's well, thompsontherman.com if you guys you can probably find phone numbers and everything there thompsontherman.com mm-hmm. and so if you need any help cracking open your mind like i needed my mind cracked open from the dave ramsey uh you know vortex then uh, uh distortion vortex whatever uh, then feel free to give uh chris or grant a call and uh, until then chris thank you so much for being on our show thank you appreciate you Well, we started this episode with a quote. I'm going to end it with a quote as well. Um, Gloria Steinem, she wrote the quote, rich people plan for three generations, poor people plan for Saturday night. As I think about the work we do and that Chris does with his clients and that I do with my clients each and every day, when I meet with a client, we're not just looking at this year's rate of return or next year's rate of return. We're thinking in terms of generations and that is long-term financial planning. Uh, so I'm so glad and so proud to be working on the same goals and projects and revolution that Chris is on. And thank you again, Chris Thurman, for being a guest on my show today. I want to leave you guys with a five-star review as we wrap up together. Brooklyn 56987 on iTunes writes game-changing information, five stars love the information that's shared on this show and how actionable the information is definitely worth your time. Well, thank you, Brooklyn for getting the word out guys If you're not sharing these episodes, you're missing out on great conversations and what could be a life-changing and generations-changing conversation just by sharing an episode. Just click the share button on your phone or email the link to your friend, whatever, but make sure folks know about Not Your Average Financial Podcast. We are glad and thrilled to serve so many of you across this country and across the world, really. Uh, So keep us in your player. Keep subscribed. If you haven't subscribed, now's your best chance to do that. And thank you again, Brooklyn. Thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your family's future.